0: I want to share a scripture with you. You all have um, your little sheet there. Thank you. And this out of Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 and 38. Actually, we'll go through 40. And uh, we spoke on Pastor Larry and uh, Pastor Buzz spoke on this over the last couple weeks before the series we're in now called the Shema series. And I just want to share a little bit more with you about that. Jesus is responding to the Pharisees. He said in verse 37, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like this. You shall love the Lord your neighbor. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and prophets. I'll share with you what brought this to my mind and how I wanted to, why I wanted to share it with you today is uh, when we were in Israel, we experienced a lot. Some of you have been there, Israel, Rome, and Jordan. We went through a lot, had some great, great times. And when I came back, I reflected on that through my pictures and my thoughts, and this is the scripture that the Lord brought to my mind. So I'll share a little bit about Israel and talk about how this scripture plays out. Hit the the next slide. This is a picture of when we were at the airport in San Francisco. We were leaving, and there was a time where we all all gathered around near Turkish Airlines, and Pastor Mark was sharing with us the gospel. He was sharing with us just stories about Jesus and our travels and how it would impact us. And there was a young man who came up, and he saw us gathered, and he looked to be of uh, Middle Eastern descent, and he just just couldn't take his eye off of Mark, and he had a, a growl on his face, a mean look, as if he really wanted to attack Pastor Mark. And, and I was thinking, God, we're in the United States, bro. We can, we can, he can preach this right here. I don't care where we are. He can preach this in the United States, and we don't have to deal with your persecution here. That's what was going through my mind, but I began to pray about this young man. You know, God had to touch my heart, And uh, as if the spirit showed up and the young man moved on. Next slide. We were in uh, Rome, and this is a prison that we visited, our whole group. And the group knows what I'm talking about. Pastor Mark, he just started sharing scripture with us, and he read out of the book of 2 Timothy about how Paul talked about uh, being in chains, being in prison. And And, you know, many believe that where we went down in a dungeon in a prison cell was where that book was that letter was written from we went back to our hotels that night i woke up about midnight and i started reading second timothy where mark had uh, read earlier and it was as if the holy spirit was right there in that room it's like god had showed up and i was reading the bible like never before it was as if i was on steroids i'm serious it was just and i had a vision like i could see paul in prison it was just all this beautiful experience just going on in my life. Next slide. This is where we were at Peter's house and uh, it was raining, just torrid rain coming down that day. And this young lady was from New York City. She was just wandering around and our group uh, invited her in to join us. And she came in and she sang songs with us. She experienced the beautiful spirit of God right there in Israel with us. And she shared that she was brokenhearted by our boyfriend. And we all know the story. You heard it How Pastor Mark led her to the Lord and she came on the bus and told us all about our experience. And it was as if Jesus was right there with us, pouring his love out. And we were experiencing it all together. Next slide. We were at the Red Sea and I shared with you all how we stood in the Red Sea. And for my wife and for me explicitly, I felt like it was a new beginning, a new phase of our relationship. But it was as if God had showed up. And he was right there with us. Next slide. He was pouring his love out. We got separated from the group coming into our hotel, going into the old city one night. We had walked about a mile or so, and it was just really challenging. And Alicia and I stood back with Roser, helping her pull her luggage up. And we got, again, separated from the whole group when we walked into that, that, that wall of the old city, we were all standing there, me, Alicia, and Rosa standing there by ourselves, nobody around, we knew not which way to go. And this young girl showed up like an angel, just showed up out of nowhere. And she, she said, hey, what's going on? I said, we don't know where to go, but we're looking for the Gloria Hotel. She says, I know where it's at. She showed us where the hotel was, as if God had sent an angel. And she showed up, and Mark told us we would have moments like this, didn't he? He says, you're going to have special moments. Note them. And this was one. The next slide. We were at Peter's Fish House or something. We had Peter's Fish. We were all sitting around having a great time. But I remember one day specifically when uh, we were all sitting out at a, a table having lunch. And the group I was with, we just it just somehow it was a moment just came over us and we all agreed that we were having mixed feelings about leaving. We were falling in love with this place, and we would not only fall in love with Jesus' home, we were falling in love with each other. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. It was being, he was pouring out his love on us, and we were loving each other. Next slide. You can see I'm kissing the steps where Jesus walked when he went to turn over the, uh, the tables. Jesus showed, I could feel his spirit. It was all over the place. He was pouring out his love. Next slide. The Via De Rosa. many of you heard about the steps that Jesus took with the cross. Thousands of people were just parading and going through this passage to where Jesus had traveled. You could sense his spirit as if he, he was right there with us, pouring it out on us. Next slide. And many feel that that's Golgotha, the area where the cross had been placed with Jesus on the cross. Next slide. And this was the last, I think, picture I have, but this was what many believe was the garden tomb where Jesus was buried. We did communion here. And all, it was la- one of the last places I think we visited as a group on this journey. And it was as if the Holy Spirit was right there, pouring his love out on us. And we could experience Jesus. We could experience the cross. We could experience his love. We went to where he was born. Next slide. So when I came back, it says, welcome to the United States. We're back. And uh, again, when I got back, I was like, Lord, what was all that about? What was going on? And uh, he said, Vance, just love me. <laughs> just love me, son. Just love me and love those people around you. And, and it, the scriptures, it came to life. I, was, I sensed his love. And the Bible says that we love him, What? Because he loved us first. And I could sense his love for us. He had poured his love out on us. So we could in turn love him back. God put something in all of us where we have the ability to love him and love one another. Would you believe it? Do you believe that? He's done so. And that scripture can come alive in your life because it's come alive in my life and I have a better understanding of that scripture so with that being said that scripture is a truth it's a truth that we can love the Lord our God with all our hearts our mind and all of our strength it's not only a truth but it's a reminder that's in your slide there on your piece of paper it's a reminder when Jesus spoke those words when he hit the next one when Jesus said to the Pharisees, to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. What was happening is these guys were giving Jesus a hard time. They wanted him to say, what's the greatest commandment? They were hoping he'd say something like, oh, something about the Sabbath, or it's about sacrifice, or it's about the temple. They thought that they could trick Jesus into embarrassing himself or to undermine the law or undermine the teachings. But Jesus just brought them back home. He says, no, it's about loving God and loving your neighbor. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And he was reminding them of this, that they had heard about from time throughout eternity. This goes way back to the days of Moses, to the Hebrew text. We heard about it in the Shema, which Pastor Larry and Pastor Buzz talked about. It's in Leviticus. It's in Deuteronomy. And it's a reminder not only to those Pharisees that day, but it's also a reminder to us who call ourselves Christ followers. Would you agree? It's a reminder that that is the priority. We should make that. That is to be the priority of our lives, to love one another. When we were in Israel, I just felt myself falling in love. As a matter of fact, remember when we came back, I gave Mark a kiss on the cheek. (laughs) And I meant that. I fell in, We fell in love with one another. We were helping each other. We were supporting each other. We were praying for each other because those scriptures, God's word, was coming alive in our lives. The Bible says that the word of God is living. It's alive. It's active. And it's true. And it's for you and it's for me. I had a guy I met many years ago. I was in college, and he was on a speaking tour. And uh, this guy confessed that he had one time been in a hate group. He was part of a hate group. And uh, he said he, he didn't like minorities, he didn't like blacks, he didn't like anything other than his people. And uh, he said, but his son had, con- had come down with cancer. And uh, he was drinking and so on and so forth, just acting crazy. He said one night he came across the 700 Club, watching Pat Robinson and those folks on television. And he told the Lord, he said, Lord, if you heal my son, I'll start loving minorities. I'll start loving people not like me. And you know what God did? What do you think he did? He healed his son. He healed his son. And the man, he kept to his word. He started loving folks not like him. Amen? He, and he went on tour. He said he, was, he loved God so much he had to tell the world about it. And he, was, he went on tour. He gave me a big hug. This was over 20-some years ago. Prayed for me, and I'll never forget that in my life. We can love people. You can love your neighbor. We can love God. Irregardless to what you've been taught or what you may think, God has put something in us To love one another. How many of you would like to love each other, love one another more? How many want to love people more? Amen. Amen. I know I want to love my wife more. Amen. I want to love my friends more. I want to love my children more. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to love one another. I hope you're following your diagram there. Amen. When we talk about that, we see in God's word, we see that God has again put it in us to love each other and we've learned about what love meant from the Shema series we've learned that Pastor Larry talking about love the Lord with all our hearts and our souls and our minds. he talked about loving God with our attitudes loving God with our thinking loving God with our worldview loving God with every fiber in our souls when I think of someone who loved the Lord who do you think about we're going to talk about that in a second But we learned that love is more than a feeling. It's more than an emotion. Love is an action. It includes all of that. And we see in the Bible that David was one who loved the Lord. David said in Psalms 18 and 1, he says, I love you, Lord, with all my strength. He said in Psalms 42 and 1, as the deer longs and panteth by the streams of water, my heart, it pants for you, O Lord. David said in Psalms 73 and 5, who who I I have in heaven but you. I desire you more than anything on earth. David loved the Lord. David worshiped the Lord. We know how he worshiped. They say he worshiped him so hard one time, they say he was naked, just praising God. I don't believe he was totally naked. I believe he had his pants on. But like all these other people nowadays, some young guys with them six-packs, they pull their shirts off. So maybe David had a six-pack. I don't know. But uh, they say he praised the Lord so hard. Amen. He praised him so hard. He sang for the Lord. He danced for the Lord. He, he, he played his instrument for the Lord. He confessed to the Lord. He says, Lord, against you have I sinned, and you alone. What about us? Do we pour our heart out for God like David did? Sure, some people may say David's an extremist. But we get extreme when we go see the warriors of the 49ers. Many people do. Sure, David loved the Lord. In like manner, we loved love the Lord also. Pastor Buzz talked about being a genuine worshiper. I think the, the uh, warriors not long ago, they called them authentic fans. They had a big poster about being an authentic fan. Are you authentic? Are you real? Are you genuine (laughs) with the Lord? You know, one time I got so mad with the Lord, and I'm not afraid to say it. I I cursed the Lord. You know what? I was so angry. I was brokenhearted. But I came back, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't want lightning to strike me. But uh, (laughs) that's where my mind was back in those days. You know, I was young, didn't know any better, but I knew enough to say, forgive me. And we all need forgiveness. Would you agree? Yes. Amen. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I want you to turn to your table. When you think about loving the Lord, when you hear that, that you're to love the Lord, what do you think about? What comes to your mind? Share that with one another. Okay. Let's hit the next slide. The next slide says we're to love our neighbor. How many of you have some neighbors out there? Anybody anybody have any neighbors? You got how many? Just one or two? (laughs) Three or four? We got a lot of neighbors, don't we? California's a a busy place. There's a lot of neighbors and people that's out there in our lives. And so, uh, wow, that means we need a lot of love, don't (laughs) we? A lot of love. Yeah. You think God give us enough love to love our neighbors? I think so some neighbors are hard to love yeah <laughs> we may be a hard number to labor to love <laughs> I uh I have a neighbor I, I went out to him the other day and uh he's I thought he was new I'd never seen the guy I said I said hey man uh, I said I, I'm your neighbor man uh what's your name He said, uh, Jason. I said, uh, Jason, my name is Vance. I I said, you're my neighbor, man, I I wanna know you. He says, yeah, I met you before. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) I didn't feel bad because this happens to be a house where people move in and out. They got like a lot of people you know, moving. I think they're traveling nurses, you know what I mean? And so you see that. We got different type of neighbors, right? People moving in and out, transient. We don't know exactly what their situation may be. California's a heck of a place, not like where I grew up where we knew our neighbors. I mean, our neighbors stayed with us for years. We got to know them, but this is, you know, for some people who are not familiar with this type of uh, uh, lifestyle or, you know, pa- place like California, this can be a changing experience for them. But the first thing it says to love our neighbors like we love who? Love ourselves. So the implication here is who should we love first? We gotta love ourselves before we love our neighbors, right? And you know, sometimes that's a challenge too. I would say maybe everybody here, maybe you love yourself. You've grown to you know, know how to care for yourself. But that's not the case with everybody. I know there's times when I've abused drugs, I've abused alcohol, I've abused a lot of things. Is that caring for myself? Is that loving myself? No. No, I had to learn how to love myself. I had friends used to say, come on, Vance, let's do this, and I would go, right? And I learned, hey, man, I can't do that. I don't do that anymore. I can't think like that. I have to change that worldview Uh, because I love myself now. God has given me permission to care for myself. So we need to love our neighbors like we love ourselves, and we need to love ourselves, But it also means to love our neighbors like we love those who are close to us. Love your neighbors like you love your family. Love your neighbors like you love your kids. Right? For some folks, love your neighbors like even more than you may love your pets. You see what I'm saying? We've got to learn to love and care for our neighbors. What does that look like? Well, Pastor Danny talked about homeless people today. What do you do or what do you think when you see somebody hungry? We're to, love, we're to care for that. We are to want that person to have food as much as we want food. What about that person in need? We're to want as much for that person as we want for ourselves or our families. Would you agree? That's what God is saying, to love your neighbors. Love those folks that are not so close to you but they're within view. Love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That means that we're to have dignity and respect for ourselves and have dignity and respect for all those who are around us. That means to have goodwill toward everyone. We're to honor and esteem even people that we don't know, that we meet along the highways and byways of life. Jesus told the Jews to love their neighbors you know, when we were over there, I know Tom and all the others remember when we were there, we found that a lot of those neighbors had been enemies of the, the Hebrews and the Jewish people and Jesus' people. The Syrians to the north, Egypt to the south, right? They had been enemies at, from some time or another. The Samaritans, they all kind of hated each other. And here Jesus saying, love your neighbor. Well, they're probably looking to say, man, you know, he's talking about loving some of these folks that's been our enemies. So I don't imagine maybe that went over too well. Maybe, like it maybe not go over too well today. We're to love people from Mexico, people from Canada, people from Europe. We're to care for those folks and honor the, what God has said in his word to love our enemies. Not only did he say it, but it's a priority. We're to make that a priority in our lives. Not long ago, I was... Uh, on my bicycle early one morning and I drove through my neighborhood and uh there was a family there saying farewell to each other early in the morning I could see this guy uh was from uh, another country generally he appeared to be from another country and uh I rode by and as I was driving by he said he's one guy stepped out and said good morning and he had on what I looked like to me was Palestinian garb the clothing he said good morning He jumped out at me, hey, good morning. And so I said, hey, good morning. And I didn't know if it was a seer good morning or a kind of morning like keep going. (laughs) You know, don't stay around here too long. You know, and if you've been in the world a little bit, you know that there's different type of good mornings and hellos and goodbyes and expressions. So I wasn't sure. But anyway, I drove my bike a little bit. And like Pastor Danny was saying, sometimes the Holy Spirit intervenes in our lives and says a few things. So I had some uh, Mary Poppins cards in my pocket. I had the smaller ones. So I drove back around, and I said, hey, man, I said, uh, you were nice to me. I said, so I want to be nice to you. I said, here's a card. We have a Mary Poppins. We are having a presentation at our church, and it's on such and such a days, and I'd like to invite you. He took the card, and he said, this card may be a blessing to many others, but not to me. I won't be coming. I said, oh, no problem. I took my card. I said, man, have a great day and and rode my bike away. I said, Lord, what was that all about? He said, pray for your neighbors. See, pray for your neighbors. And that's what I think God would have us to do, right? He said, love your enemy and those who despitefully use you. So I did. I started praying for the guy. And I don't know where that prayer went, but I felt I did my part. Would you agree? I felt that I did my part. And that's what we're to do. We're to love our neighbors with kindness and care and love. My wife will not let me walk by a homeless person without engaging. And that touches my heart. She touches my heart. I have to thank her every day for helping me to love people more. You see? I mean, some kind of way she's going to engage them, whether give them some money, give them some, a phone number, give them some water, give them a conversation, give them something. And there are people like that. I know there's more people who are more given than others. But I think the Lord, when, he, when people, you know what, you may have a neighbor in, right next to you. And that made me think about this. Do you, is it possible that God might have put that person there for you to love? That's something to think about, isn't it? That person is there. God wants you. You're a Christian. We say we're Christ followers. He wants us to reach out. Take the. This is a word we use in uh, in uh, hospitality. We want you to. T- God wants us to take the initiative. You hear that? Take it. Be intentional. Let's be intentional. We're Christ followers. I heard somebody say we ought to. You know what? I heard somebody say this the other day. They said. Christ followers make the biggest impact in this world than any other people. And I believe that. We make the impact on this world. Nobody else. Love your neighbor as yourself. Turn to your table. And when you hear about loving your neighbor, what does that say to you? Okay, let's, let's wrap that up. I heard an interesting story, and I'm sure you all had interesting comments at all the tables, uh, Josie shared a story how she had met a, a family that was from China. And uh, the parents understood English, but the grandparents didn't. And so what she did is her, she invited uh, the family, of course, the grandparents specifically, to the a community event. And at first they were, you know, resistant. You know, no, we're not interested. They couldn't, the grandparents couldn't speak English. But you know what? They showed up and they came to the community event because they took the initiative to reach out and to invite. So I think that's a great uh, opportunity that we can use those opportunities, those, uh, those times when we can invite people to participate because there are a lot of people from other lands, they don't understand what it is to be a, in America or what's America about. I've met a lot of them who just didn't quite get it. Invite them in, show them what it's about. They're coming over here for a reason we know it's something good, amen? It's all about Jesus. That's where the bottom line is. Invite them to Jesus. And some folks talked about praying for their neighbors. Next, I want to close the final point was, next slide, is to the life with the law. Jesus, he said on all these prophets and the laws, Matthew 22, 37, 38, everything hinges on those two scriptures, the point is, what Jesus is saying is, everything in the book, you know, everything in this Bible, he's telling about the Old Testament, of course, and, and, but everything that they wrote down, 613 laws, these two are the weightiest. These two are the sum subtotal of all of what you read about from Moses and the prophets and the laws. To love the Lord. With all our hearts, our soul, our mind, our strength. That's where it's at. He's saying, this is the priority. Make this the core of your life. Jesus, in my mind, Jesus is saying, hey, don't waste your time sitting up here trying to trick me and and, and come against me and, and my friends. It's not about that. It's about God, loving him and loving us and loving one another. Don't waste your time out there, you know, with your priorities set on issues and things that are not of God and what God would have you to spend your time on. I mean, TV's good, family's good, all those things. You know, there's a time and a place for everything, isn't it? But the most weightiest, the one that's most important, is to focus on God. I met a man that came in one day for counseling, and uh, he told me his family had isolated him, pushed him off to the side and he couldn't quite understand it. And I asked him, and he felt sad, he was hurt, he was broken, he didn't know what to do. And I asked him, I said, well, why have they done this to you? He said, they told me that I am too involved with politics. I said, well, tell me about it. He said, well, yeah, and he went into a long story about how that's what everything hinges on in this world, is politics. In politics, in politics, in politics. And then he started telling me about his political view. I said, hey, man, we're here for counseling. You know, I don't care. I don't really need to hear. Because he was taking me down that trail. You know what I'm saying? He's taking me down that trail with him. I said, hey, man, I'm not going down that trail. We're here. I got 40 more minutes here. I'm just saying. No, I didn't say that. But my point is... Uh, his whole world was caught up in politics, and his family's like, Dad, we heard enough of that, you know, and they pushed, pushed him off to the side. And, uh, I mean, politics is important. Don't get me wrong. It's very important that we vote and that sort of thing, but it's important that we have jobs. It's important that we have families. All those things are important, but there's a balance. But we know what, where the balance lies. It's in Jesus Christ. That's where we to put our hearts, our minds, our soul, and our strength in our Lord, loving him and loving others. Would you agree? Yeah. I know sometimes, let me ask you this question. What do you put above uh, your love for the Lord? Do you put your American dream above that? Do you put your pleasures above that? Do you put your money above that? Your desires, your will? Do you? I know at times I do. There's times I, we all put things above that there's times I know we were talking somebody was saying I don't focus on the Lord like I should there's times when I need to be calling on the Lord and I don't and I'm reminded Lord I'm sorry I didn't I need to talk to you about this but that is to be the center of your life and I tell you what I know it was, it was I'm trying I'm, I'm hoping that I'm doing more of this but I believe it's impacting my life I mean, I'm trying hard as I, and not that, you know, I'm some, on some journey and I'm, you know, God is going to strike me dead if I don't give him enough love, that kind of thing. And the Bible says there's no condemnation to those in, in Christ Jesus. He loves me when I fail. He loves me when I don't love him. He's faithful even when we're unfaithful. But I'm saying, what do you put above your love for God and your, your attention towards others and loving others? Think about it. Turn to your table and talk about it if you want. What do you sometimes put above uh, your love for God and love for others? Sometimes I, I don't know. Sometimes I put the TV. You know, I need to turn the TV off, right? And sure, I need to turn all that stuff off sometimes and pray. What do you put above him sometimes? Okay, okay. I know that's a good question. We could spend more time on that. Think about it as you're on your way. Think about it. Throughout the day, focus on the Lord, turn toward him. What we've talked about is loving the Lord our God with all our hearts, our minds, and I hope this has planted a seed. I know it has from you, for me going to Israel and reflecting on these scriptures and loving my neighbor, loving my family even more, my kids, and uh, loving you. You know, I'm humbled to be here today. I see Jerry and all the others out there and Tom and uh, everybody from our trip, and I know we fell in love with each other, and I uh, can't wait till we get together again. Um, we'll close with a story. There was a church that was looking for a new pastor, and uh, they brought these pastors in, and they, the elder board, that sat them down, and they asked them this question. They said, if you were the pastor of this church— how would you uh, raise tithing? And we need, tithing is low. And uh, all the pastors that they called in, they all said, they all had textbook answers how they would raise tithing. Then they brought in another, you know, asked them another question. Uh, You know, uh, the youth in this church are not coming back after they turn 18. They're going off to college or work. And many of them are not attending church. How would you increase the youth participation in church? And all these pastors, they had textbook answers. And then they said, uh, well, baptisms are low. How will we get baptisms up? And all these pastors, they had great textbook answers. And the pastors thought about these uh, candidates, and they said, you know, there's got to be somebody out there. Look, God is maybe speaking to us a little more. So they called this one guy in. He was the last one. they said, hey, uh, tithing is down in the church. How would you pick it up? And he said, "Uh, I don't know that yet. They said, hmm. Man, he don't know? They asked him, how would you keep the youth coming to church after they turn 18 years old? He said, "Uh, I don't know. I I don't know that yet. They said, man, this guy don't seem to know much. (laughs) He said, "Uh, how would you increase baptism in this church? We haven't had many baptisms lately. He said, "Uh, just like the other ones, I, I just don't know yet. I have to give this a little more thought. So, uh... They said, well, you don't seem to know a whole lot. Uh, What would be your order of priority? He said, uh, he said, what I would want to do is to help this church to learn to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. The elders stepped out of the room. They went and talked about it. Gave him a few minutes, they came back in, the head elder stood up and said, you're hired. I said, that's what we need here. We need to love to love the Lord. And you know what? Some of us, we don't always do that. So maybe you're here today and you've never loved the Lord. You've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and to save you. That's because maybe you haven't loved him. You haven't. You haven't asked him to come in. If you haven't, I'd like to encourage you to do that today. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. And you know what? He loves you so much. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he that have that life, and it's for you right now if you haven't asked. If you want to talk more about that at the end of this, I'll be standing right here. For those of us who already asked him to our heart, let's fall more and more in love with him. Amen? He's good, God. I got this final, final uh, uh, song I want you to hear, and then I'm going to pray for you. Can you hook it up? Um. Jesus,
1: falling in love with Jesus. with Jesus was the best thing I've ever, ever done. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Falling in was the best thing I've ever, ever done In his arms, I feel protected In these arms, never dance, connected, no With me this evening, can I hear you sing it? Sing it with me tonight. Come on, sing. Falling in love Amen. with Jesus. Oh, sing it. Falling in love. Come on, can you stand up and sing with me tonight? Oh, falling in love, falling in love with Jesus. Was Jesus oh, this was the best thing? Was the best. Thing i
0: thank you for your love and your kindness your grace and your mercy lord thank you that you've poured that out on the three crosses and those here at followers today may we continue to walk in your way if there's someone here that has not come to know you lord we pray that their heart has been broken for you because you've given your life for them and you love us all it's in jesus name we pray and everyone say it god bless you